Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. I come to you again uh, on this beautiful day today in Tennessee. It's a lovely fall day. Hope it's lovely where you are. We are going to continue today the last two points uh, of the subject I was talking about last week. And that was about how God, in his divine wisdom, has planned for the man to be the head of the home. Now, as we talked last week, we know that there's many people who don't like this subject, But we do have to keep to God's word. And God's word is for our blessing, for the blessing of all mankind. If you didn't hear last week's podcast, go back and listen to it. So you'll get the build up for today. Now, point number seven uh, is that marriage is a picture of Christ and the church. And this picture is revealed from the beginning of the Bible to the end. In fact, the whole theme of the Bible is of uh, the bride and the bridegroom. And it starts with marriage, right in Genesis chapter 2, which is a picture of Christ and his bride. And it ends in Revelation with the wedding feast uh, of the bridegroom and the bride and how Christ will have his bride that he died for. And it's all about a bride. Oh, that's why God sent his son Jesus. And so now marriage. Oh, I don't think that any of us, I don't think we really not one of us really have a true understanding of how God sees marriage. Uh, if only we could, we would just be so different in our marriages. Because God wants us to portray the picture of the relationship of the church to God and to Christ himself. And so we know that the church does not order the God around. I mean, we submit uh, as a church. The church submits to Christ because he is the head of the church. We all know that. The Bible says it. And if marriage is uh, the picture of Christ in the church, we will also have that spirit of submission to our husband. So once again, God gives this picture to show that he has given the headship to man. Can I remind you again, we're not talking about that picture where so many people think of uh, tyrannical patriarchy. No, that's not of God. That's the distortion of Satan. God's picture of leadership 
is is revealed in Christ who was willing to lay down his life, give his life, even shed his blood to get a bride. And in Ephesians 5, it says, this is what the husband is to do. He's to love his wife like his own body and lay down his life for her because he's the head and the protector of her. That's the picture we're talking about. And so we need, as the wife, to release our husbands to that place that God has given them. It's not easy because when sin came into the world, uh, there came that distortion of our roles. And there's something within women who wants to just take authority and take the lead. But that's not from God. And there's something in men that often they just abdicate and they they become a wimp and they don't take that lead, which uh, they need to. But we need to get back to God's plan. Now, I have lovely girls living with us who come to work with me and help me with Above Rubies. They stay in our home and they stay for about two months, although some stay on even longer. And some stay on even longer still because they've ended up getting married to some of our grandsons, which has been so beautiful. But these girls who come, they are just lovely girls, the cream of the earth. Colin and I always call our Above Rubies girls the cream of the earth because cream rises to the top. Often when we're sitting around the table, uh, we, of course, love to talk and discuss different subjects. Sometimes when I've had my granddaughters over and we've got a lot of ladies, young ladies around the table, uh, I'll ask this question and I'll say, girls, what kind of character do you want in the husband uh, that you would like to have? They love to talk about this, of course, and they've all got their ideas and, and uh, they go around and share about it. But I've always found it interesting that there's one thing that every one of them says. And they all say, I don't want a wimp. Isn't that interesting? As a woman, we do want to have a husband. We look up to. He is our leader. We can go to him for counsel. We can trust him. He leads us. We need a leader. He's our anointed leader and we are his anointed helper. And both roles are powerful. Both are from God. Neither is insignificant. And so we we do want to have a man who is a leader. That is within us. Of course, feminism has tried to drive that out of us and the young generation have grown up and I'm not going to have a man rule over me. And that is the psyche today because it has been brainwashed into girls in school and in college and they're coming out with this terrible understanding of man and it's all from Satan. Satan is distorting the images, the image that God gave for woman, the image that God gave for man. Satan wants to distort them even as he seeks to distort motherhood because it's such a powerful role and Satan, our enemy, knows the power of motherhood. He knows that 
women who get a revelation of understanding who they are and that God created them to be mothers and who come back to the home to embrace children and raise mighty sons and daughters for God, that Satan is scared of those women. These are women who are impacting the nation. These are women who are raising children who will have impact and influence the nation for God. And the more children they have, the more influence they have for God. He's scared of those kind of women. He is scared of motherhood. He wants to get the children out of the home. He wants mothers out of the home so he can get his hands on the children. But let's be up to his tricks. It's Satan who is trying to distort these glorious roles that God has given. Now, the last point that I have is number eight. And it is that in the church, God gave the government to the men. We notice where it talks about bishops and elders. It gives the description of who they're to be, the ones who are leading the church and how they're to be the husband of one wife. It doesn't say, oh, wow, you are to be the wife of one husband. No, you're to be the husband of one wife. It it just shows clearly that it's speaking to men and and how you raise your children well and and it's speaking to men god has given government to men now that doesn't mean that women cannot get up and have opportunity to share in the church to share testimony to prophesy because the word does say that a woman can prophesy in the church if she covers her head so obviously women can prophesy and that speak the word of the lord and share testimony and they can pray they can do all these things but the governing the governing of the church God has given to man. And, of course, that is in the family first because the family comes first. The family was the first institution that God ordained and he ordained this principle in the family that the leader would govern. He doesn't lord it over, but he's governing. And I think... That doesn't mean, too, that he's going to just make all the decisions. No. In a beautiful marriage, the husband and wife talk together, discuss together, decide together. And usually they can work it out together. They, they find the right decision that's going to be the best for all of them. But sometimes it doesn't work out. And maybe... Uh, the husband feels that this is the way God is directing them, or maybe he's not even a Christian. And uh, he's thinking, right, we're going to move to so-and-so or whatever, and you don't feel right. Well, of course, you're going to share, not getting uptight and man, or da 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 but you're going to just share your heart and ask him the questions that you're concerned about. And if that doesn't change his mind, well, then... There always has to be one who makes that final decision. And so that government God has given to the male. But once again, dear ladies, oh, listen to this. I was actually reading another little quote. Oh, I love it. Let me see if I can find it 
here. Yes, uh, the one who wrote it is Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And before I give you this quote, can I read you another of his quotes? He says, To a great extent, the level of any civilization is the level of its womanhood. When a man loves a woman, he has to become worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character. The more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of civilization could actually be written in terms of the level of its women. But in another quote he says, The man governs the home, but the woman reigns. Oh, I love that. And that is so true. Dear precious mother, you reign in your home. Did you know that you are queen of your home? Let me take you to a scripture in 1 Timothy 5.14. And it says, well, I better go to it, hadn't I? 1 Timothy 5.14. I guess you can hear me turning my pages. 1 Timothy 5.14. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give no occasion to the adversary, to the enemy, to speak reproachfully. So here we read God's heart that his plan is for women to get married and then when they get married to bear children. Isn't that interesting? Well, you would think you wouldn't even have to say that, but you do in our society today because women get married and decide not to have children. Did you know that that is opposite to the word of God? Opposite to his plan? That's what marriage is all about. God brings us together. Of course, there's far more to this, but this is the basic. He makes us one flesh, and from our one flesh comes forth children. We get married, we bear children, and then what happens next? We guide the house. Children come along one by one, sometimes two at a time. And uh, so we grow the family. And now, okay, we've got lots of work to do. I wonder how many children you have. Perhaps you've got Lots of little ones running around, maybe a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and maybe you've got a baby in your arms, or maybe your children are now middling age or even grown. But wherever we are, we have to guide the house. Now, what is that word? I want to take you to the Greek so we understand what it's talking about. The word in the, Heb- in the Greek is oikodespoteo. Now, it comes from two words, oikos, home, so it's talking about the home, and the other word, oh my, this other word is despotes. Now, that word means ruler, master. 
It's actually the feminine of oikodespotes. The verb is oikodespoteo, and the noun uh, is oikodespotes, meaning to rule, to manage. And so, God is saying here, dear precious ladies, get it, that you have been made a ruler and a manager. Oh, you like that, don't you? But we've got to get it in its context because the word is not only despotes, the word is oikodespotes, coming from home, oikos home. So we are to manage the home. Do you get it? There's the revelation. It's simple. God has given us a realm where we are to reign, reign as queen. Your husband is the king, but you are the queen. And a queen rules a domain. God has given you a domain to manage, to manage well. And this is where women have got into deception. You see, let's go back to the beginning again. Uh, And we see there that when the very first words that God uh, said to man were, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And he didn't stop there. He went on to say, and subdue and take dominion. He spoke those words to both the male and the female. Therefore, it is in within us, it's in us to also want to take dominion. Yes. And so God has given us a realm where we can take dominion, and that is our home. Oh, lovely ladies, embrace your home. Rise up to be queen of your home and manage your home well. If you've got lots of little children, you've got a lot to manage. Even as you have bigger children, maybe your family is growing. There's lots to manage. You have a garden. You, you have things going on in your home. And maybe you're one who is open to hospitality. And there's lots going on in your home. You manage it. You rule it. It's your beautiful domain. And you are queen. So remember, even though your husband governs, you reign. Oh, never forget that. When you wake up in the morning, don't stay slovenly around the house just in your night attire. No, get dressed. Get dressed for the job. You can't do your job if you're not dressed for the job. It's true. When you get dressed for something, whatever occasion it is, you you can kind of gear to that occasion. All right, we're getting dressed to get up and rule and manage our home for the day. And so... You get up and dress for the job and you start out. Oh, thank you, Lord, for this domain that you have given to me. Lord, thank you for this responsibility. Help me to do it well. I am queen of my home today. I reign. Help me to be a good queen in my home today. And uh, so we embrace our 
queenship. And the more that you are a queen, the more you release your husband to be a king. And there you have this royal household, king and queen, and you're raising these beautiful princes and princesses. Now, I've got lots more to say about this, so we might have to do it next week. But I want to stop for a minute because I need to be faithful to answer some of your questions. And now it's time for Q&A. Nancy Campbell will answer your questions. Okay, ladies, here is another question. And I should say, forgive me uh, that I haven't kept up with answering your questions. I always seem to have so much I want to tell you. And in fact... uh, Next week, I've got to finish off a little more about our being queen in our home. And maybe I'll do another question. And if I don't get it onto it next week, we'll start the following because I want to start a new series. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to share uh, about a subject from a scripture that I have read so many times. But, oh, I have never, ever before seen such glory in teaching it. And I want to tell you all about it. So keep listening each week, won't you? Now, this lovely lady says... My husband and I have four children, six, three, 16 months, and three months. So, this precious mother, I hope you're listening today, you have your hands full, but your hands are full of blessings. That's a good answer too, ladies. When you go out and about and you have your little ones with you and people say, oh my, oh goodness me, are all these yours? Your hands are full. Well, don't feel intimidated. Look up with the most wonderful smile on your face and say, yes, my hands are full of blessings. We are so blessed. We're even hoping for more. Let's tell the world. Amen. Anyway, this mother goes on. After our youngest son was born, my husband said that he was ready to move on to the next stage of life and stop having babies. That's sad. We'll see if we can talk about that sometime. But then she goes on to say, I know that logically speaking, four children is a lot of work and I still have a large task in front of me, but being pregnant and having babies has been such a large part of my life. I'm realizing that so much of my identity is in motherhood. So how do I, as a young mum, fully devoted to my home and to raising and schooling my children, learn to find my identity in the Lord and not in motherhood? Now, that is an interesting question. And I would like to say at the very beginning, dear precious ladies, yes, our identity is in Christ because the scripture says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, I love that scripture because this is the true essence of Christianity. It is not only that I have asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin and 
asked him to come into my life and be Lord of my life. But the true essence of Christianity is that Jesus not only died, he rose again and he is alive and he comes to dwell in our beings. It is Christ in you, in you, in you. We are one with Christ. Wherever I go, Christ goes. In my home, in my kitchen, with my little ones and all my children around me and them all screaming at once. Oh, help. Christ is in me. This is what enables us to walk in victory instead of yielding to our flesh and yielding to our feelings and yielding to our overwhelmingness. No, we yield to Christ. He is with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are my strength. You are my rest. You are my peace. You are my long-suffering. You are my patience. We have everything in Christ. Oh, don't forget it. Live your life knowing Christ dwells within you. This is your victory. But, dear precious ladies, our identity in Christ does not negate our identity as a mother. Now, did you get that? Our identity in Christ which, of course, is the proof of our Christianity, does not negate our identity as a mother. Because that's who I am. God created me to be a mother. So when he comes in to dwell in me, and it's Christ in me, am I no longer a mother? No, that is not true, dear ladies. No, you are still a mother. And your identity is as a mother. A mother who has Christ in her. But yes, as a mother. Now let's think about it. A little baby. Its identity is that it's a baby. Yes, a baby. Hopefully with fat chubby cheeks and roly-poly thighs and arms. Oh, don't we love rolls and fat on babies? Isn't it amazing? It's the only time that we can drool over fat. I love it. You just drool over fat and rolls because they're a baby. And we just want our baby to be a baby. And, And that's its identity. Then we think of... A male, our husband, uh, the father of our children. What is his identity? It's as a male. And he should be showing forth the identity of a male. And if he is married, the identity of a father and a husband. And we've been talking about the, the role that God has given to man to rise up as a serving, uh, loving leader of his home, taking that responsibility to protect and to lead and to provide. And uh, he has this identity. This is the identity he should have as a male, a godly loving husband and godly loving father, taking his responsibility in these areas. And that is not negated because Christ is in him. No, 
In fact, it's just enhanced. And his identity as a father becomes greater when Christ is in him. And it's the same with us, with us, dear precious mothers. Never forget it. You do not negate your identity as a mother. And I've had many people say to, this to me, and it is total deception. No, you don't suddenly become nothing. You don't be, suddenly become somebody else. No, you're still a mother. God created you as a mother with a womb to conceive and bring forth children. He created you with breasts to nurse babies. He put that nurturing instinct within you to care for your children and just gather them round you and love them and nurture them. And, and he's put within you this, oh, this homing instinct to make your, your home a home, a beautiful home uh, where your husband loves to be and your children and people love to come. God hasn't put that in males. He, he can't nurse a baby. He doesn't know how to make a home a beautiful sanctuary. It's just a bachelor's den if there's a man, only a man in it. No, God has put our distinctive anointings in us. And they don't go away because we're a Christian. No, they are only enhanced. And so your identity as a mother is more powerful because Christ is in you and he enables you to mother with his patience and his long-suffering and his joy and his rest because he's living in you and he is all these things. But you're still a mother. You're just a better mother. Are you getting it? Be encouraged today. Embrace your identity as a mother. In fact, the more you embrace your identity as a woman, a feminine woman, a wife, a mother, the more you glorify God because this is who he planned you to be. If you try to negate your motherhood identity, you are squashing the picture that God wants you to reveal to the world. He's chosen you as a female to reveal his nurturing anointing, to reveal his maternal heart. And the more you embrace this, the more powerful you are for God the more you glorify God. So embrace your identity as a mother. And of course, with Christ in you, it will be more exciting, more joyful, more powerful, and more influential. Amen? All right, let's pray, shall we? Oh, Father, we just thank you so much for the glories of your truths, your truths which stand the test of time, your truths which stand forever, your truths which are for all generations. Thank you that you created us as women to be the queens of our home. Give us a revelation of queendom. 
that we have a realm, a domain that we are to manage and to rule over. We don't rule over our husband. We don't go and rule over some organization out in this society. No, we rule and reign and manage our homes. This is where you want us to be. Beautiful queens, powerful queens of our homes. Lord, just give these precious women the revelation and make them, Lord, queens. Let them rise up into this queenship. Let them rise up into the identity of who you created them to be. Lord, as a, as a mother, an anointed maternal woman, just reaching out to just love and nurture her family and to make her home. Uh, uh, just a God place where you live. Oh, Father, let her embrace her identity you gave her from the beginning of creation because this is the identity you put on women. Oh, God, we never give this up. We embrace it more and more. And the more we do, the more we glorify you. So, Lord, let us be women who glorify your name as women. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In that home.